it's important to say because this is the stuff I don't want you to know about me. And it's the stuff I want to start embracing more because I've come to realize that it makes me no less a rebel. I'm still, actually, it makes me more of one because I always say authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. And this is my truth. It's part of who I am. I don't always have to be that tough warrior. I can also be that slightly sappy romantic. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L dot com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. Hey, Rebel Souls. Welcome back to the Rebel Soul Podcast. Today, you get a solisode, meaning it's me. And before we get into this one, I just want to tell you guys, I've made a decision. This is the best part about having your own show. You can make these executive decisions about what feels right. And you know what? Honestly, that's a good lesson for our lives. We can just decide like, what do I want to create for myself? What do I want to do? And take steps to make it happen. So here's the thing. I decided that I'm loving the interview episodes so much that I want to have more of those. So I'm going to do one solisode a month and three interviews. And you guys can give me feedback. If you want to hear more of the solisodes, then tell me. We can co-create this in whatever way we want to. That's the cool thing about what we're doing. That's the cool thing about being a badass. We make our own rules. And if I'm here for no other reason, I just want to be reminding you of that. And by the way, when I say reminding you, I mean reminding me because <laughs> that's, that's what we learn, right? We teach what we most need to learn. And I find I coach what I most need to learn. So here we are again. And that's one of the rules that I'm changing for the time being. And let me know what you think. So we're going to do these once a month. And periodically, I'm going to be asking you to ask me anything. I've already done one round of asking for questions. And so those Ask Me Anything episodes will be upcoming. I'm super excited. But anytime, I want your feedback. I want your input. I want us to be co-creating this thing as we go into something that is immensely valuable for this entire community. So let me know what you think. Submit your comments in Instagram, on YouTube, and let me know. So here we go. 
I'm already sweating. <laughs> so if you're not watching this on YouTube, you don't see like the glisten that's already on my forehead and the clamminess that's in my palms. But I decided to do this one on rebelling for vulnerability. And I don't know, for those of you who've read the book, you know that I wrote the book to be, I guess, with a commitment to myself and to every single reader, every one of you, that I was going to tell my story in the most raw, vulnerable way possible. Because I knew that would be the deepest connection. I knew that for me to really, truly share the messiness that was happening on the inside, the emptiness, the really tragic choices that I made along the way, the things I ignored that was going to be the real connection and the real inspiration. And that's proven to be true. When I hear from so many of you that you really identified with the story and you didn't feel so alone and it's inspired you to take steps in your own life toward having the impact you want to have, toward living the life or creating the life that you want to live, that makes it all worthwhile. That that like takes the sweat off my brow and makes my soul sing and puts a huge smile on my face as you can see in the video and probably hear in my voice. I just, it makes it all worthwhile. And so I thought, wow, what if more of us were doing this in the world? And maybe this is a little bit of me channeling Brene Brown because she talks so beautifully about vulnerability. And I've trained with her. I absolutely love her work and I practice it daily. I'm not always good at it. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode because there's a thing we do in our coaching communities that we use a lot. And instead of introducing ourselves in a very typical way, which is for most of us, we were conditioned to introduce ourselves as, you know, hey, here's what I want you to know about me. And it's often our titles, our accomplishments, our accolades. And I don't mean that in an egotistical or arrogant way, but that's what we've been taught to share. And in our coaching community, we've been taught to completely flip that on its head and to introduce ourselves by saying, what I don't want you to know about me is, yeah, process that for a second. Like, <laughs> if that's not making you sweat a little bit, whoo, you got to have a lot of practice to not sweat. I mean, I've done this quite a lot in my communities and still I'm like, whoo, huh. Yeah, yeah, it makes me a little feel a little edgy. And I'm about to do this with all of you because I want to practice what I preach. And I'm hoping that by opening up to all of you, some of this you've heard before, I'm guessing some of it you haven't. I want to deepen the connection between us and I want to be a role model for what it's like to lead with vulnerability to connect with each other. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I made myself a little list here because I wanted to remind myself of what was kind of top of mind for me in terms of what I don't want you to know about me. And if you've read the book, again, you know a little bit of this, and then I want to expand on it. And I'm really curious, what do you relate to 
what does this spark in you? What are you holding back from sharing with the world, from sharing with others who would have such immense gratitude for saying and say thank you for helping me not feel so alone on this journey? Because that's so much of what this is about. This is about us being on this journey together and having this collective human experience. And we have so many more similarities than we have differences. And that's, again, what I've really learned in, in choosing to be so candid in the story that I've told. And I don't want it to end with the book or all of the books that I might write. I want it to continue in the stories that I share with you all the time. And so I'm making a commitment that not just in this episode, because that would be the easy thing to do to say, great, I'm going to do one episode on vulnerability and I can tick the box. And that's not it. You know, this is, this is the continuation of me being vulnerable. I want to present the vulnerable side of every conversation that we have. And I want to go really deep in this particular one. So I'm going to share with you four or five things that I don't want you to know about me and talk a little bit about them. And along the way, I'm really curious, what do you identify with? What does this bring up in you? And what don't you want me to know about you? And how can we use that as a basis to connect with each other and to connect more deeply in this community? So the first one is a tough one. It's, it's in the book. And it's also the thing I probably still have the hardest time talking about. And that is that I tried to take my own life 12 years ago. I was an incredibly successful executive. I had everything going for me. I had titles and money and promotions and accolades. And yet my marriage was completely falling apart. I was in the middle of an epic shitstorm of a divorce. My life was kind of falling apart around me because for me, I've always had this challenge of believing, and this is a perception, perhaps not reality, that my personal life is, is way out of balance or my personal success, my personal relationship success is way out of balance with my professional success. And maybe to be even more candid, that I've been a complete and utter failure in my personal relationships. And that was happening. I was not, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I was not happy in my marriage and I knew it was coming to an end and I didn't expect it to end and, and kind of manifest, the divorce to manifest in the way that it did. It was not kind on any level. And I didn't know how to ask for help. So instead of asking for help, I stayed armored up. And one day I went home from the gym and I overdosed on pills in an attempt to exit as peacefully as I could think of, to be honest. And as some of you know, I'm now a huge advocate for mental health awareness 10% of the proceeds of my book, the sales that come to me, go to the Life is Priceless Foundation, which was set up in honor of my friend David Price, who three years after my own suicide attempt, his was successful. 
unfortunately, and we lost a beautiful soul at the age of 31. And now I'm fighting for that. So I I donate a lot of money and I'm donating book proceeds to Life is Priceless Foundation because they support mental health research and support and suicide prevention. But yeah, that's still kind of a hard thing for me to talk about. So this is me practicing saying it out loud and connecting with those of you who may have had similar experiences in your life. And it's important for us to be able to talk about them and shine a spotlight on mental health and on suicide prevention. And I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm here today, 12 years later, telling an incredible story about how I found my passion and my purpose and I'm liberating souls and I'm blazing trails and I'm having this conversation on this brand new podcast. It's amazing. And so that's one of the things I wanted to share and to also share the hope that is in all of that if more of us talk about it and talk about what we don't want people to know about us. The second one is that this is equally challenging for me to talk about. I still struggle with numbing. For those of you who've read the book, you'll know I've talked about my story of, you know, when I was having the nightmare, I was numbing every night. I was drinking a bottle or more of wine. I was doing everything I could to incapacitate that voice inside me that was just like, uh uh-uh. You know, that that voice inside me that was like, you got to listen, you got to listen. Like my soul was screaming, you know, it whispers and then it shouts and then it whacks you with a two by four, as many of you have heard me say before. And I was like, I don't want to listen to it. And I, and I'm tired of the, you know, that my, my, I don't know, the universe, my subconscious reaching into my nightmares, my dreams, ripping me out of my sleep and trying to make me come face to face with what reality was, which is I was living out completely out of alignment with my truth. And so I would try to numb that. And wine was my number of choice, if you will. And the truth is, while I have been on many detoxes, and while I have become much more aware of and much more conscious of and in control of my numbing, I've realized, especially with this pandemic and the quarantine, that I am still defaulting to numbing when I feel overwhelmed and when I feel anxious and when I feel alone. And I felt all of those things throughout the past four months. And so, you know, I was consuming a lot of wine and a lot of Netflix. (laughs) They go perfectly, they pair well, as maybe a wine connoisseur would say. And they were making frequent appearances for me. And so I've really had to come to grips with that and kind of realign my relationship and remind myself to be present when I'm feeling the overwhelm, when I'm feeling the anxiousness, to really be present to what I'm feeling and why and sit with it and to find the gift in it and to take the next step forward, but not to try to escape it. 
And I'm sharing this with you because I'm human. And I know from personal conversations with many people in my circle that a lot of you were feeling the same way, that you were, you know, trying to escape. So I'm just being super, super honest with you about what was going on for me. And one of the things that has been coming up for me, I don't know how many of you know your Enneagram type, but I'm an Enneagram 7. And Enneagram 7, I think, is most often described as the enthusiastic visionary. And we are the type, the personality type on the nine-point Enneagram star, if you will, that will pretty much do anything to avoid the pain and emptiness they feel inside. So we're the happy-go-lucky adventurers, always looking for the next thing, you know, doing all the fun stuff, leading the party, throwing the party. That's who we are. And I'll never forget a good friend of mine and fellow coach, Hayden Lee, who I often send my clients to for Enneagram expertise and, and, and a deep assessment. He said to me, for the seven, your virtue is sobriety and your vice is gluttony. And I've been sitting with that a lot lately. I'm going, wow, that's a powerful idea because what if I do choose, and I'm not talking about sobriety in like the alcoholic sense, because I feel like I just, I occasionally have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, but I can equally give it up. I just realized like, what can come through me and what am I capable of accomplishing and attracting into my life if I choose sobriety? And sometimes that's a really scary thought for me, not because I need alcohol, but because I love wine and it feels good and it helps me out on occasion and it's part of my social life and it's all the places I love in the world like Italy and France all of those things. But I wanted to be really honest about what that is and how I'm still to this day, even in this moment, struggling with, okay, what does that mean? And should I, not should I, do I want to in honoring my mission and the gift I have to give to the world show up completely in my sobriety? It's a big question, and I've never, ever said that out loud. So that's one of the things I wanted to challenge myself to share with all of you. And I'm curious, can anybody relate to that? What does it bring up for you? So the third thing is something, and if my mom and my sister ever listen to this, they're going to, oh, never let me live this down because it's yet another thing I've never said out loud to a group of humans who I care for. I am a totally cheesy romantic at heart. Yeah. Okay. I just said that out loud. <laughs> it's, it's weird because I have built so much of my life and my reputation as this like hard badass. I know people know I have a big heart and I'm caring and I'm giving and I'm generous and I'm kind. And yet I've leaned so heavily on the, I got it, independence, fighter, warrior armor. And I think it's partially because I was afraid that if I shared with more people than maybe a select few who I've been intimate with, that 
I really am kind of this romantic and I'm this softy and I'm a little bit cheesy. One, I'd be giving in to my mom and my sister who are all of those things and who embrace them like 100% and openly. And yeah, and I've been resisting it for so long and the resistance is exhausting. And recently I went, well, what if I just let myself be this? What if I let the world see more of my romanticism, my big heart, a little bit of my cheesiness? And I've even let myself go down the path of watching stuff that I had resisted because I didn't even want to admit this to myself. I mean, think about that, you guys. Like, what are you not only not saying to others, but what are you not wanting to admit to yourself? I was, I've totally been living in that space. So you know what I did over quarantine? My big binge on Netflix was watching five seasons of Outlander, which I had refused to watch because I was like, oh, like time travel, romantic, drama, whatever. Like I'm not going to be that person. And yet, as some of my closest friends now know, I was like, Holy shit, how did I put that off for so long? Completely addicted. I was like watching it while I was making my smoothies at night. <laughs> like literally, I would like try to catch snippets in the morning and snippets at night and watch an episode before I went to bed while I was sitting in bed, kind of breaking all my own rules. And then I went on to find all of these other cheesy romantic dramas like Virgin River on Netflix and Sweet Magnolias. I can't even believe I'm saying these things out loud, you guys. This is like, feels like the antithesis of my brand. And yet it's important to say, because this is the stuff I don't want you to know about me. And it's the stuff I want to start embracing more because I've come to realize that it makes me no less a rebel. I'm still, actually, it makes me more of one because I always say authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. And this is my truth. It's part of who I am. I don't always have to be that tough warrior. I can also be that slightly sappy romantic. And I think it has to do with what I said earlier about kind of feeling like a failure in my personal life and in my romantic relationships. And now I'm opening up to this idea and letting myself embrace that. And hopefully that will, you know, create openings for future relationships because I'm opening a part of myself and sharing a part of myself that I think I was embarrassed to share before. So yeah, okay, that felt probably the edgiest of anything I've said. Now I kind of want to get into the business realm. So here's the other thing that I wrote down. I'm this is all about my business. I'm still playing small in my business. It actually pains me to say this, and yet I know there's so much truth in it. And so, you know, it's really, I know how easy it is to look at people like me in the situation that I'm in and go, oh my God, she's got a published book and she's got a successful coaching practice and she's just launched her own podcast and all the things. And yet, I'm so clear that I'm not playing as big as I meant to be playing, that I'm still playing it safe in my business. 
And what's interesting to me and what came to mind is that no less than five or eight times in the past few months, I've had somebody, including Chip Conley on a recent happy hour that I was a special guest on, say to me, you are the next Brene Brown. And I don't take those words lightly. Like that just rocks me to my core. And I also think maybe that's actually what's happening, right? Because that's rocking me to my core. I'm like, whoo, it excites me and it terrifies me. And I think it takes me to this place of an upper limit problem. For any of you who've read the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and if you haven't, I'm going to put it in the show notes. You've got to read it. He talks about the upper limit problem, which is like when we start experiencing more success, more wealth, more happiness or joy, more of all of those things, who pushes us outside of our comfort zone, right? And then our ego kind of takes the wheel and encourages us to play it safe. And that old narrative starts up again. And we're encouraging ourselves to play smaller and to get back inside that familiar sandbox. And I wonder for me if that's what's happening too. And so I'm saying it out loud as a way to connect with anyone else who's feeling this way in their life or business. Like, I know I'm playing smaller than I'm meant to be playing. And I'm catching myself at it. And the more I'm catching myself at it, the more I'm going to start to play bigger. And just to tell my ego to like, nope, you know what? You're not at the wheel anymore. You're taking a back seat. Yeah, of course, you're always in the car with me, but you are not the co-pilot and you are not the driver. You're in the back seat and I'll consult you when I need you. That's it. So that's a biggie for me right now that I'm playing around with is just knowing that I'm meant to be stepping out more and more. And so this podcast is one way of doing that and writing more, starting my next book and getting into bigger work, especially in the corporate world, is my calling. And it feels edgy. And edges are our growth. Discomfort is our growth. So that's one of mine. And actually, that leads to the fifth one and the last one that I'm going to share with all of you. I've really been scared to bring Solbatical back into the corporate world, like in a big way. And I think this ties again to that idea of playing big. But I know that I'm here on a mission to absolutely change the way or revolutionize the way we work and the way that we think about time off. Sabbatical is a big piece of that. And we should be working with companies to create a sabbatical culture and actual paid sabbaticals within companies for employees, cultures that serve employees instead of employees serving cultures. And yet, I know I've been kind of stuck in this one. And I haven't been wanting to say it out loud or tell anybody how scared I am until I called a recent an old coach recently. And I was explaining to her, I actually asked her a really benign question around book sales and book awards and all this stuff. And she very quickly realized that that wasn't why I was calling. 
And it's so beautiful. She helped me realize like the big question I needed to answer. How do I serve the shit out of these people in the corporate world without becoming them or becoming one again, without bringing that toxicity back into my life and yet helping them get out of that toxic existence as well? And I'm saying it because I realized in her asking me that question that I have the opportunity to get really clear on my boundaries and values and what criteria I want to create for the companies that I work with. That's what I have to do. Saying I'm too scared to get in and do this and not talk to anybody about it and not announce it to the world, that's not okay. That's not the answer. That's me letting fear win. That's me letting my ego, you know, stay at the wheel. And instead, now I'm really clear like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I can do this. This is actually the biggest part of my mission is to come full circle back into the corporate world and help companies, not just individual executives, but help companies make this massive change. And this massive shift in the way that we live and the way that we work and the way that we're showing up every day and the way that corporate culture is supporting humans to be human. And it's powerful and it feels really good for me to say that out loud, to not be, to no longer be afraid, you know, to say, I am scared to bring sabbatical to the corporate world. And yet I know it's my biggest calling. And I'm working with a dear friend of mine right now to articulate what that looks like and to sell it into some really, really big companies and Fortune 100 companies. So I hope maybe for all of you that brought something up, I'm really hopeful that this inspires you to think, don't I want you to know about me? And what about saying that out loud will help me connect with others and come to terms with speaking it and living it and changing it? So I'll end by saying and reminding you, what don't you want me to know about you? And please share it in any way you feel comfortable, even if it's a DM to me, if it's an Instagram comment, if it's whatever it is, if it's simply you showing up in your own social channels, telling that story to your community, to this community, say it on YouTube, but share. Let's all share and let's start to embrace those things that actually make us incredibly human, incredibly powerful and more badass than we can even imagine. This felt really super (laughs) edgy for me to share. I'm still a little clammy, but I feel lighter. I feel like my shoulders have dropped and yeah, it feels really good to have said this out loud and to know that sharing these things will help me have an even bigger impact. And I hope they've inspired you to do the same. And with that, I am sending deep love to all of you badasses, all of you rebel souls. Keep blazing trails and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com. 
and follow me at Sylvatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for? Rebelling for.